0: What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Sports Three Hundred and Sixty. I'm Jeff Fennell, and I am back with my man Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. Rob, what's up, man? What is going on, man? <laughs> Man, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was gonna I was gonna channel my inner Marvin Gaye and just say, Brother, <laughs> brother, brother. <laughs> it's been a long time, man. It's really been a long time, but I'm glad to be back, man. Be back after about two months. Uh we've been away. Mostly my fault. Well, no, all my fault, but <laughs> But we're back, man. Um, to talk some sports, man. It's it's been a long time. It's been, you know, we've we, we've been apart for a good part of the summer. So, you know, I can only think of some of the things that have gone by. NBA finals, Stanley Cup Finals, uh, went not Winter Olympics, Summer Olympics, <laughs> right? Uh there's been so many things that have gone on, but um been an interesting time in sports and you know, got to talk some baseball, and I, I want to start um, in talking about your New York Yankees, who, since the last time we spoke, man, they're a different team, and you got to feel good about
1: that. Yeah, man. I mean, I think the last time we spoke, <clears throat> I was still throwing fits. I was yep. upset. I wasn't watching games. I think I was towards the middle of my break with the Yankees though. and um, I'll tell you, I'm happy now. I'm very, very happy. They're on a nine-game winning streak, and, and they're playing some great baseball. They made some good trades, that much-needed much trades, I should say, and they just, they just look like a whole different team. Their attitude, the way they look in the clubhouse, the way they look on the field, the way they're playing the actual game of baseball, completely different team. I'm here to tell you, Jeff, the break is over. I'm happy. We're happy. Yeah,
0: I mean you you were having you know sort of a love-hate relationship with the Yankees for I would say almost the first half of the season um where you were like I don't even know if I'm going to watch them anymore, you know, type of thing. And you know, right now, you know, when they got Rizzo and and they and they got Gallo, um they balanced out that lineup you know, in a way that was really needed. And I think it took pressure off of a lot of the other guys in, in, in the lineup. And they've just been really playing well, man. I mean, they are right now looking scary, to tell you the truth.
1: Yeah, and like you said, that balance in the lineup, Judge is doing much better. Giancarlo Stanton is playing; he's playing the outfield now, and he's also doing much better consistently at the plate, which is something that... Both those guys were having a little bit of trouble early on, Um, more so Giancarlo than than Judge. But, man, I think the the trade for Gallo was something that a lot of people expected. But I think when they traded for Rizzo, I didn't hear any rumors, nothing going on about that. And suddenly Yankees got Rizzo, who was actually a Red Sox target. So I think it's funny that that happened. But I think the trade for Rizzo is huge because this guy does everything. He's a great defender. He can hit lead off if they need him to hit lead off. He can hit in the middle of the lineup, top of the lineup, wherever you want to put him in the lineup. And he's a great clubhouse guy. Like people need to focus on that as well. The things he did in Chicago, you know, all around as a as a just a person and a player, I think that that transcends past what he does on the field and I think it's going to really benefit the Yankees in this playoff run.
0: Yeah, that last point I agree with 100% because rizzo as a, a as a presence on the field, like we you know we don't see the clubhouse, but you know as you said, that's his reputation right being a really strong presence yeah. in the clubhouse, but you can also see it on the field you know as as you know the way he's almost like a calming influence on that infield and for the pitcher and everything else you could see he kind of he just oozes leadership, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know he plays a, a a fairly good first base, um, and he can hit, you know, and he's won right, he's won the World Series, um, as a leader of the Chicago Cubs, and so you you, you like all of that, and there's something else about him too. He he just seems to have a New York swagger, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he just has that, and it's not an over the top look at me look at me type thing it's just like he he oozes confidence you know what i mean and but not in an off-putting way and and i think he, he fits new york because of that you know what i mean that that this is a guy who maybe a little bit of a chip on his shoulder but he's going to be the type of guy who will back it up and i yeah. think that element is something the yankees could use as well
1: yeah, and it's funny you say that because when they started showing the pictures of him with the pinstripes on on social media, I was like, this guy just looks like he's a Yankee. Mm. Like he was always meant to be a Yankee type type of person and type yeah. of player. So it's, it's funny you say that.
0: Yeah. So, you know, that that's been, you know, really positive for the Yankees. But, you know, you make a point about Rizzo, you know. He, that was unexpected. I mean, the Cubs went through a fire sale, right? I mean, yeah. talk about three all-stars being traded, right? And Baez, Rizzo, and Chris Bryant going to the Giants. And we'll talk about Baez going to my beleaguered New York Mets because we're not <laughs> going to give them a pass tonight. But we'll get to that in a, in a second. But that was part of a a, a really unprecedented trade deadline right i mean max scherzer traded and rizzo and brian and you know baez and trey turner i mean you saw some all-star caliber players being dealt and it was just never seen
1: anything like that before rob yeah i think it was probably the best trade deadline i've ever witnessed or been a part of whatever one of the best ever maybe the best ever so many big names. I didn't expect, like a guy like Scherzer, you kind of saw that. Maybe they'll trade him. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll hold on to him. Sentimental value, stuff like that. But him going with Trey Turner, I didn't expect Trey Turner to get traded. I didn't see that. I didn't think that would happen. But there were a lot of big names. And it's and it's kind of sad, too, when you see what Chicago had to do with the Cubs. Yeah. Um, and getting rid of their core. The core that won that historic World Series. And we spoke about it before the season started, you know, is this the year the Cubs have to break up and kind of rebuild everything back? And it was almost inevitable, but then they started off the season so well and people started saying, okay, wait a minute, maybe they can keep this together and build on this and maybe they'll get somewhere. But then they started struggling and you just kind of saw the writing on the wall. Um, But yeah, man, the trade deadline probably the best I've ever seen in my entire life. So it was definitely exciting.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, For most teams, you know, I think that we're making moves, you know, the Dodgers, man, you're talking about the rich getting richer, Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but obviously with the whole Trevor Bauer situation, the Dodgers needed to get another frontline pitcher. You know, look, they got Walker Bueller, um, you know, uh, David Price is, is now in a starting rotation. Um, yeah. You know, they, they just have an abundance of of, of, of riches, um, but you know they went out and got Scherzer, and Scherzer seems you know to be fitting right in with that team, right? Um, and that, and that's kind of the, the the thing, though. If you are a good player, you're going to fit in on a good team and make that team better, right? That's just yeah. how it goes, you know. Um, and that's what we've seen, and so it, it yeah, it, it was a very very interesting trade deadline. Um, but if we could segue to my New York Mets, because they went out and got Rich Hill. And they made that trade shortly before the deadline. And then at the deadline picked up Javi Baez. Um, and for me, I, I was kind of ambivalent about the pickup of Baez, even though the Mets problem the whole year has been a lack of offense. Right. Um, but, I, you know, and then Baez has been hurt. But even before that, he seemed to me to be a feast-of-famine guy, and I don't think the Mets needed another player like that given their
1: offensive struggles. Yeah, and Javi Baez, isn't, I think they kind of had to get him because they weren't doing anything big at the trade deadline. And it was like, okay, Mets, you're, are you going to make a move? Are you going to run for this division? What, what's going to happen? And I think they kind of had to make the move for Baez, who was probably going to get traded either way to somebody at least right before the deadline. So I think the Mets getting him, you know, great for great for the Mets, great for Lindor, him and Baez are best friends and all that. But um, when you talk about feast or famine with Baez, it's, it's true. You know, I think the kind of player he is where he's very flashy, he's very, he does a lot of spectacular things. And I think that overshadows his deficiencies on offense. And it's a lot of strikeouts. It's a lot of You'll get some home runs. Yeah, you'll get 20, 30, 35 home runs, but you're also going to get a lot of strikeouts, a lot of chasing after bad pitches and stuff like that. So, I mean, we'll see, you know, when if, if these guys get healthy and maybe try to make a run at that wild card, but it's going to be tough to even smell that division the way Atlanta's playing right now. And even Philly, they've kind of turned a corner a little bit here. So, tough luck for your Mets, Jeff. Yeah,
0: but I mean, and and they are my Mets. I'm not going to disown them or anything like that. But <laughs> But the thing was, is that even when they were in first place, they were a frustrating team to watch because night after night, day after day, they could not put together anything offensively. And so they were very, very hard to watch. Um, and then their pitching, you know, DeGrom goes down, and you know, to me, they need to shut DeGrom down for the rest of the season. What's the point? You know what I mean? Yeah, he needs to be shut down for the rest of the season. Um, but their pitching couldn't hold up. De- DeGrom had a variety of physical issues, and then Taiwan Walker be you know, all star at the all star break, but probably pitching over his head, Stroman... Pitching fairly well, but, you know, um, they didn't have much else. And so when, you know, there was a lot of pressure put on the starting pitching. There's a lot of pressure put on the bullpen. They're playing close games, coming from behind repeatedly, and just not being able to get anything going offensively. And to me, it just caught up to them, caught up with them. And it's not a surprise, man. It's not a surprise um, that they are where they are. And kudos to the Braves for after losing Acuna Jr. to, you know, really hang in there for a while. And then they've now hit their stride. And right now they have a pretty healthy lead on the division. I think they're like four, four and a half games up on Philly, seven and a half on the Mets. So right now it looks like that division is the Braves
1: to lose. Yeah, and when Acuna went down, I was worried, man, because he's the leader of that of that team. Point blank, you know, the best player on that team, maybe the best player in that division. Period. And for him to go down and the team to stay afloat, and then look where they are now—that that's huge, man. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so I, I look for the Braves to take that division. Um, yeah, the Phillies. You're right. They they got on a little hot streak, um, and they took first place over they uh, you know from the Mets and then they've kind of come back down to earth I think Philly's a mediocre team I do Um, and so I think they've come back down to level but I think the Braves are going to be able to hold on to that to that division and I, I see no reason for any reasonable Mets fan to believe that they will do anything but be what they've been for the first four and a half months of the season, or five and a half months of the season, and, you know, you can't expect anything else. All of a sudden, what they're going to become—the twenty-seven Yankees—they <laughs> <laughs> I mean, haven't hit all year. I don't think they're going to hit now. So, to me, the Mets need to be thinking about next year. You know, I, I really think that's where they are right now. Um, what about out west, man? Are you surprised that San Francisco is continuing to hold off
1: the Dodgers? I am actually, man. And I know I I picked the Giants to be really good in the first half, and I thought they would fall off in the second half because it's kind of been their mo the last few years. But they've held on, and they're pitching. And I know Gosman, who was probably their eighth, has struggled over the last I think maybe like five to seven starts, but. They got guys like Logan Webb, who's coming up and doing great um over the his last few starts, but their pitching is really holding up. They got Chris Bryant who hopefully he can continue to catapult that offense, but they're team man. I did not expect them to be there. maybe if they could continue playing well after the first half, maybe sneak into like a wild card spot the first the second wild card spot, but to continue to hold off the Dodgers this late into the season, I mean we're going into September, and they're Two and a half up, it looks like, uh, in the West right now. That's impressive. And I know the Dodgers have had their injuries, but the Dodgers are stacked regardless, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I, I'm I'm pretty impressed with the way San Francisco has played this whole year.
0: Yeah, you have to be. Uh, you really do. You really have to be impressed by what they've been able to do. Um, but, you know, it's still very close. And obviously the Dodgers, you know, or, or can overtake them but here we are man you know closing in on labor day and you know san francisco is still still hanging on out there um one team that we haven't spoken about cuz the central we talked about it earlier in the year that that was going to probably not be a very good division and if i done anything right in baseball this year I, I picked Milwaukee to come out of that division and I think Milwaukee will <laughs> come out of yep. that division um and so they, they've they really been playing well and, and that's a division that you know the central in both leagues not very competitive with the White Sox running away in in the American League and Milwaukee with a healthy lead um in in uh, in the National League, and then finally out west in the uh, American League, you know, pretty tight between Houston and Oakland. Oakland continuing to hang around, about you know three games out right now, um, and so it could be interesting going down the stretch in terms of the of the West um, in the American League.
1: Yeah, and the the trade for Starling Marte for Oakland. This guy is a baller, man. He does a lot of great things, and I think it's it's sometimes overlooked the trade, but the value he brings to a club. The guy's a great defender, great base runner, a great hitter. The guy he's a 300 hitter. You know, he can, he can mash 20, 30 home runs. I think that was a great pickup for them, and I think it's going to help. Obviously, the loss of Liriano to the PEDs, um, that was big, but I think it's gonna it's gonna be tight. Well, I think Houston ends up taking the division, but I think it'll be tight going down to the wire towards the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I, I think so as well. <clears throat> and so, you know, as we are, are getting close to Labor Day, right, typically we get into that discussion of whoever's in first place on Labor Day is going to win the division. I think that's more folklore than anything else, but um, but you know, when you do get to labor day and this year, labor day is what, like the sixth, I think. Right. And so it's, yeah, I believe so, So you know, we, um, you know, we're going to be really close to the end of the season by the time we get to labor day, probably have like three weeks left. You know what I mean? Um, you know, sometimes labor day is on the first or second and you, you pretty much have the whole month of September still to play, but here, we're going to have like three weeks once we hit labor day before we get to the end of the season. So, you know, it it's it's getting close to really, you know, solidifying your spot. You know what I'm saying? If you wanna try to make a run or solid or, or really nail down your postseason positioning. And so, um, you know, it, it's gonna be tight for a couple of teams uh over the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, like you said, I think there's a few teams there who like the White Sox, stuff like that, Milwaukee, they've kind of they got it. But every other division, maybe Atlanta has theirs has their spot done with. But every other division is still pretty close. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that NL West plays out because the Dodgers, I don't think they're going to give up. I think, you know, if the Giants slip up a little bit, they can lose that division. And then Tampa and the Yankees, they're they're both playing really well. And Tampa, again, is just somehow piecing things together and playing really great baseball. Yeah. And nobody's talking about it. They've been in first place for a good chunk of the season, especially after the Red Sox started falling off. So um, it'll be very interesting to see the AL East and, um, and then both divisions out West.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking about interesting to see Rob, one of the things that I thought was really interesting and, and, and was captivating really in a lot of ways was the the field of dreams game between your Yankees and the White Sox. You know, from from my perspective I thought that the idea was a good one, but I thought the execution was better. And and many times that doesn't happen. Sometimes you have a good idea and the execution leaves a little bit to be desired. But I thought here it was a good idea and it was better execution. I thought as a television event it was, it was really well done. Um, and I know a lot of people who were involved in bringing that um, event to pass, both in Major League Baseball and at the Players Association. And, you know, those who are on hand tell me that it was just as impressive in person. Um, first of all, before we even get to the game itself, what did you think about the event, the Field of Dreams game?
1: I literally had chills for that opening ceremony when the game was about to start. Literal chills. And like you said, the way it was coming together, and obviously we missed it last year with COVID, but the way it was coming together, it gave me this sense of little kid excitement that I haven't felt in a long time for baseball. And then when it happened, it was even better. MLB not just nailed it, but they, they did it. It was to perfection. And that's something that we haven't said in a long time about Major League Baseball and the way they plan things and execute things, especially with all the rule changes and stuff they've had over the years. The way they did this, the execution of this, the everything, everything to the detail was absolutely perfect. And I think it's something – I mean, they're already doing it next year. We want to see it next year. And it, it's just perfect, man. They did a phenomenal job. Everyone involved the game itself, and I know we'll get into it in a little bit, but the game itself was just absolutely perfect for what it was.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it really was. And, you know, the, the setting of it, you know, uh, everything was, you know, building that stadium um, and the backdrop of the movie set and the corn and everything else, man, it was like, it it really was, it really was something. And I will tell you, you know, they've set the bar very high going forward, you know, and I don't know if they will ever top this one, um, partly because it was the first, but also because as we've been saying, it was so well done and I don't know how you top it. And then there was the game itself right which you know sort of added to this whole movie you know too good to be true scenery that we had right then you had this game that was like out of Hollywood you know what I'm (laughs) saying where you know you got it back and forth back and forth and the Yankees take the lead with two two run home runs in the ninth inning only to lose it in the bottom of the ninth on a walk-off home run by Tim Anderson. Um, The game also itself added to the overall
1: appeal of this event. Um, What do you think about the game? Listen, I know the Yankees lost the game, but the way they lost it was perfect. I would not have had it any other way considering everything you just said. The fact that it was a walk-off, and and it was Tim Anderson, who we know has a lot of emotion for the game. He was excited for this game. You could kind of see him just, like, taking it all in, like, pregame and all that stuff. So the fact that it was him who did it and the whole scenery, it was just perfect, man. I know the Yankees lost, and I shouldn't be saying that, but I didn't mind it. I really did not mind the Yankees losing that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, during the season – there are times when every team loses via a walk-off, right? So that happens, you know, and, and, and so that's not unusual and teams get over it. But I think here you you get over it even the more because the event was yeah. something that was just so special. You know what I mean? I think both teams could feel really, really good that they came out and they contributed to what is something that folks will be talking about for a long, long time. I think those who saw this, especially those who were there in person, but even those who watched by television, won't forget this event. It was really, you know, it was really, really well done. Um, And then the ending was right out of Hollywood, you know, um, with Tim Anderson and the walk-off. So, um, you know, and, you know, I was watching the game and my wife was there. She's not a big baseball fan. And uh, when Abreu hit the home run, I just said to her, into the corn, right? She, and she, like, she said, she laughed. She said, into the corn field. I said, no, into the corn. And then b- before they went to break and they're showing Abreu's home run, Joe Buck says, into the corn. And I looked at my wife. I said, he took that from me. <laughs> But here's the thing. I every home run I kept saying into the corn. I said it eight times that <laughs> night. <laughs> that was crazy, man. But um but yeah, man, they were hitting it into the corn and it was really it was really special. I really enjoyed that. I really did.
1: Yeah, and it was one of the most watched baseball games in a very long time. So People were excited about this, man. MLB did a great job.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, yeah, man. um, So, yeah, so baseball is is really, I think, um, you know, it's not without its problems. You know, we've gone through the sticky stuff, and, you know, that's kind of died down, right? It's sort of still going on, but it's kind of unnoticeable right now, which is good, right? Nobody's talking about it anymore and all the rest of that stuff. Um, we did get that suspension though. And here's the thing I mean, Santiago got suspended for sticky stuff. I believed him when he said, Hey, you're sweating, rosin'. And, and then, you know, they upheld the penalty, which I thought was kind of odd. But then he got banged for PEDs. I'm like, Yeah, okay, me. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I didn't know what to think after that. You know what I mean? So, um, So, yeah, but, you know, they've had that, you know, Trevor Bauer continues to still be something that is not a very good story for him or for MLB. Um, But, you know, um, I do think that with the Field of Dreams game and then the way the pennant races, at least right now, seem to be set up for September, I think baseball's in a good place with the game.
1: I definitely agree, man. I think we're in for a really good September, and it's going to be a wild ride. It's going to be fun. And I think baseball, like you said, with the Field of Dreams, I think they, even the All-Star game, they, they kind of yeah. started some momentum because with yep. Shohei Otani, who's an absolute star that doesn't get talked about enough somehow, I think that momentum has carried baseball a lot this season. And with having the fans and all that stuff back. And I think baseball's in a really good place this year. And I'm excited to see, you know, these pennant races and then the playoffs. I'm excited, yeah. man. And I think a lot of people are feel the same way.
0: Yeah. I I agree with that and with good reason. So so baseball's going well, man. Um before we go, man, um look. I, I I have to tip my hat to the Milwaukee Bucks. Somebody said brother, Milwaukee Bucks, that was like three years ago. Um, <laughs> but, but we've been gone, man. But, and But look, I've criticized the Bucks, but hey, man, the Bucks won the championship. Giannis started finally playing like the superstar that we all know that he is. And um, got to give those guys credit. And I didn't want to leave the shows because we've been gone for a while without acknowledging the milwaukee bucks because i've criticized them plenty of times but i gotta give them their due they did a good job um they're world champions and um you know good for them and good for them going forward um so i just had to say that the other thing is rob and we'll talk about this at another time but i'm interested to get your quick thoughts on it and that's this i'm not quite sure how westbrook's gonna work out in l.a
1: yeah. I um I was don't know how to react when I saw the trade. I wasn't sure if that was like a oh that's a good move or oh is that a good move. I don't know, man. I don't Listen. think
0: LeBron, I don't know. LeBron can't play his little subtle mind Jedi mind tricks. With Westbrook, that he sometimes does with his teammates when he wants to get their attention. You know what I mean? When they're not playing well, and he says his little subtle things, you know, little coy things, you know, tweets something, says he tries that with with (laughs) Westbrook. I don't see that happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't don't see Lebron. Getting mad like he used to get mad at Mario Chalmers or something <laughs> when Westbrook does something crazy. Yeah, you know Westbrook <laughs> would probably give him some. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. just don't see that. I, I don't know, man. I don't know.
1: He's never played with a character like this, and, and Westbrook is a very strong character guy. Yeah. So th- and it's going to be very, very interesting, man.
0: And he's a guy. Because of it, you know, look, you can't be a triple-double machine as he's no. been without having the ball in your hands constantly. Yeah. How does that play out with a guy like LeBron, who is essentially the point guard, point forward, point center, whatever you want to call him? How does that play out, right? Um. You know, and I know, you know, when Westbrook went to Houston, it was like, well, do they have enough balls, right, to go around, basketballs to go around, And here, with LeBron, like, who's going to have the ball in his hands? Because LeBron, you know, LeBron demands to have the ball in his hands, and rightly so, right? He makes his teammates better. But Westbrook also, triple-double machine, everything else, they're going to have to figure that out.
1: Yeah, and I don't think he's going to be getting triple-doubles. Not with AD down there, not with LeBron, who's basically, you know, he puts up almost triple-double numbers for his career. Right, right. So uh, yeah.
0: But we'll talk about that obviously as um you know as we get closer to the NBA season, but before then we got a lot to to go through. Um season season's going to be kicking off soon. So um you know that's something else. Uh, my Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott is back, I think. Um <laughs> you know they you know there's something always going on with him this off season, right? Yeah. Um, I just hope he can stay healthy. Yeah, me too. But you know, certainly it seems you know that 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 gruesome ankle injury. He's back from that, but he's having he's had some shoulder issues this preseason. But um, I'm looking about my Cowboys to come back to shut up Stephen A. Smith this year. Um, <laughs> you know, he always dogging them out. But um, you know, we got some football to go through. Got the World Series playoffs and World Series to go through, and then obviously we'll get to the NBA. But Man, it's just been good to be back in the saddle, Rob, after so long to um, you know, just have an opportunity to talk with you about a little bit, you know, sports and
1: a little baseball. It's been a long time, so it's all good. Yeah, man. It, it's it's better late than never, but I'm I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're talking, man. I miss this, and I and this is fun, man. I enjoy doing this. Yeah. Yeah, and now
0: that things have kind of settled down, um you know, uh, you know, we will get back into a regular routine. So look forward to coming back next week, man, and and chopping it up some more, talking about some of the leading stories of the day, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, or maybe even hockey.
1: Ooh, look at that. Nah. (laughs)
0: But anyway, we'll uh, we'll 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 touch on whatever it is that demands attention. But look forward to catching up with you next week and we'll do it all again on another edition of Sports 360. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. All right, brother.